So you decided you want to buy a gun, but how do you choose which one? You don't have time to test every handgun, rifle, and shotgun out there. NorCal Gun Vault can help you out. Yeah, the folks that work there are passionate about firearms. They hunt, they shoot. You can tell it's not just a job for them, and it shows in their ability to find the perfect firearm for you. NorCal Gun Vault is fully stocked with hundreds of handguns, rifles, shotguns, not to mention tons of ammo, dozens of accessories. Yeah, whether shooting is just a hobby, you're a hunter, or you're thinking about owning your first gun, NorCal Gun Vault has exactly what you're looking for. By the way, if cash is tight right now, but you really want to get a gun, NorCal Gun Vault will work with you to create a layaway program individually tailored to what makes sense for your budget. NorCal Gun Vault opens seven days a week, locally owned and operated. Check them out at NorCalGunVault.com. NorCalGunVault.com. It really matters when you're dealing with experts. Go to NorCalGunVault.com, NorCalGunVault.com. Am I too old to get a gimmick, establish a gimmick at this point in my life? I'm thinking of becoming suspenders guy. I'm the guy who always wears suspenders. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Well... If you're going for an old guy gimmick, that's a good old guy gimmick. Uh, hipsters wear suspenders. That's, mm. not, that's not the... I'm not sure it would come off that way. <laughs> I'm trying to be kind. It's not entirely the purview of the old. No. No. Maybe Google Glasses will be my gimmick. I doubt it. But, you know, it's funny. Let's First of all, let's welcome Haley Tsukiyama, technology reporter for the Washington Post to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Always a pleasure, Haley. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? Just fine. Great. Thank you. You know, when we're brainstorming, when we're looking for ideas, and I say the same thing in the family setting, the reason you're open-minded about brainstorming is because sometimes uh, an idea that's not good or won't work is just one tick off of a really good idea. (laughs) And and I think the original idea for Google Glass is that you could walk down the street like a pretentious bag, um, that wasn't so great. But what are they thinking of uh, the Google Glass for now? Sure. So, um, sorry, that's just a very funny description of Google Glass. Um, uh, What they're looking at for Google Glass now is for looking at it in um, sort of uh, workplace settings. So, um, you know, using it uh, so that people can wear goggles and, say, operate heavy machinery and have, you know, have a pretty easy way to look at the at the um, at the instructions or sort of at you know kind of other educational materials that they might want while they're working and they want their hands free. Uh, well, I think that this is uh, going to happen in my lifetime, where everybody will walk around most of the time with some sort of contraption on their head that they're staring at a screen, and then we'll be uh, we'll be checking our texts, we'll be um, you know getting our emails. It'll be work related, it'll be entertainment related, it'll be everything. But uh, this is more of a step toward that road just in the workplace? Yeah, I think, you know, when Google, I mean, sort of as you as you alluded to, when Google was looking at Glass, the, you know, the first time around for consumers, there was a lot of resistance to that idea, right, that we would all, that we would all be walking around with these glasses and they, they look kind of doofy and, you know, they, they just, they ran into a lot of problems with sort of the fashion and social aspects of it. But some of the most interesting applications that they developed even back then were for the workplace, you know, for emergency workers who might want the floor plan of a building so that they can reach someone more quickly, that sort of thing. And so I think they really saw, you know, these are the use cases that 
that didn't get them made fun of, that, that kind of solidified uh, the use case for Google Glass. And they said, all right, we're going to focus on, on workplace. Yeah, I found your article really interesting because you mentioned emergency response teams. You're talking about hospitals. And the idea I got from it is like a checklist. You don't have to go get it and look at it. Or, or uh, you know, what the patient, what drugs the patient's gotten and when they've gotten them, it's right there for you. And and it, it just reduces a lot of the going back and forth in the workplace. Or, or like I, de- I like the idea of a warehouse. You look way over there and it'll tell you, you know, what's on those shelves. Or, you know, it's, it's hard for me to imagine I have a job jabbering about the news every morning. But uh, it sounds really interesting and applicable. Well, the style application part of it could be like pagers and cell phones, which were just the workplace to start with and you looked a little geeky with them but you know nobody thinks it's geeky to have a cell phone on them now uh it's just you know it became culturally acceptable in all areas of your life i i think we'll be having some sort of google glass on our head um how expensive are these things so that is one thing that google is not disclosing i did ask them and they said well it kind of depends on you know on uh, kind of business to business, how they want to implement them. So presumably you would get discounts at scale and, you know, sort of how, how you're looking yeah. at that. I don't know why so, I even ask. That's a dumb question because whatever it costs now, it'd be half a year from now and, and, a, and 20% of that in three years. So it doesn't make any difference. Um, all yeah, new stupid te- question. All Jack, new technology is expensive. No Here, such thing as a stupid question. All there is. You don't know me. Um, <laughs> so in the future, this is what I'm picturing, Haley. We all wear some sort of glasses and we see a screen in front of us. We're staring at our screens all the time. It'll just be handy to have it there kind of floating in front of our face instead of carrying our phone or whatever and facial recognition technology so i'm walking down the hallway somebody comes walking up up there in my eyesight my google oh. glass unbeknownst to them yes recognizes their face says this is jim he's in accounting he's got a son who plays on your kid's little league team right and i got all that information right in front of me uh, what does it cost how about a million dollars i'll pay a million dollars for that wouldn't that be awesome it would be awesome. I, there are some privacy things that I would worry about, automatic uh, facial recognition, but I, you know that use case would be pretty cool. There is no privacy left. It's yeah, over. That's Haley, going away. Haley Tsukiyama of the Washington Post is on the line. But, oh, my God, you walk up and it says, you had joke about donuts last Tuesday. Right. Hey, any good donuts lately? <laughs> I mean, that'd just be great. Oh, that'd be so great. That would end so much of my stress. Uh, so I'm sorry, you probably said this already, but this is happening now. Google's already uh, aggressively marketing the, they just want us to call it glass. Yeah. See, there already is that, though. It's in the windows, for instance. Well, I, dr- I drink out of them. So that's a terrible name. Mention that to Google. But So is this already uh, happening? Yes, they're already working with, uh, you know, with companies, but they're sort of, uh, they brought, so they they kind of put glass on, uh, you know, on ice for a little that's a weird way to say that. But yeah, they they sort of uh, stopped talking about it for a couple of years. So this is sort of the reintroduction. And yes, they're definitely already talking to companies. About Interesting. It. Yeah, I can really, really see it in oh, industrial yeah. uh, applications. I see yeah. it in just regular life. I think it's going to take oh, over. So you think the original trot out was, was, was good and should have caught on. It just didn't quite yet. Oh, it'll take a while, but... Okay. All right. Coming from a man who wants to wear suspenders. <laughs> Haley Tsukiyama, technology reporter for the Washington Post. Uh, good stuff as always, Haley. Thanks a million. Thanks for having me. All right. You got it. The combination of virtual reality technology and um, the Google Glass thing, I just think we're all going to be wearing some sort of helmet or glasses or... 
I don't know what it's going to look like, or maybe it'll be implanted in our head. I don't know what. But. <laughs> it'll be implanted in your head. See, I'm trying to go the opposite direction now. I'm trying to be really disciplined about not looking at my phone when I should be interacting with a real human being. So I think the facial recognition software will be useful because you'll be looking at a person pretending to listen to them, and the facial recognition software will tell you they've realized you're not listening to the word you say. Uh, they say so you can go, "Wow, really?" and look them right in the eye, then go back to looking at news headlines or whatever. So I think this is an unholy and unhealthy uh, trend in in human society, and I'm against it. It'll be a lot of the stuff you do on your phone. It'll just be right in front of your eyesight. Um, uh, where you're going, your directions will be right there. You're shopping, you're looking around, prices are popping up as you're looking around at various stuff at the grocery store where you could buy it at other places. And just Sure. So I want more things. information beyond, you know, our kids play on the same Little League team. I want to know, like, what are the chances that he beats me in a fight? Can, can you give me those <laughs> oh, odds, right? Like, yeah. I walk up to Conor McGregor, just flashes red, do not engage, do not engage. Right. Or what are the chances this guy can make me some money down the line? 35% chance a profitable relationship. Or maybe in social settings, too hot for you. She's a possibility. Uh, also too hot for you. You're clearly a six. She's not. <laughs> Real stretch, but try. Boy, that'd be really good. Yeah. yeah. You're boring them. You're boring them. You know, during a conversation, you think, oh, Alert, man. alert. Change I, topic. Change topic. I thought this story about cleaning my golf clubs was really interesting, but apparently not. Everybody would win in that scenario. That, so doctors use these, um, like, operating and stuff. I guess that's pretty handy. They got all kinds of vitals and instructions and everything like that right in front of their eyesight. Yeah, the idea of instructions is interesting. Surgeons, not just every doctor. Yeah, but, I mean, I like it. If you're you're fixing a faucet, for instance. I got a faucet needs fixing. The, the YouTube video could be right there as you're doing it. Of course, my phone is right there, so it's an incremental step. But like most things in human, uh, you know, endeavors, it's going to be both a blessing and a curse. So we have some details that have come out on that uh, that shooting we talked about yesterday. That woman up in Minneapolis. Oh yeah, terrible. Uh, she reports a, a possible rape. Runs out to say to the cops, "Hey, I called you. It's over here," and they shoot her dead. Horrifying. Now they're saying officer who shot bride to be. So the woman who died is a bride-to-be. I guess that makes it more tragic? Yes. Yoga teacher. Somebody also. loved her. I think it was fairly tragic to start with, whether she was a bride-to-be or already a bride. Or... You know nothing about the news business. It'd anyway. be even better if it was the day before her wedding. I want to hear the new wrinkle in this story. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. This here text line, which is 415-295-KFTC, always entertaining. Um, I tried on the first Google Glass. It was like having a TV in the upper corner of the room everywhere, very distracting. I think you'd get used to it, and I just I think that's the way we're going to be in the future. I think. You're going to be. I'm going to be in the woods, communing with nature directly. Yeah, I, I tried them on, uh, and it's very cool, but just very raw, just not... It's not very polished yet. Well, but... they'll make it better. Yeah, oh yeah. You'll be in the woods, and you'll look over to bird, and then it'll give you the name of the bird. Um, it's it's a genus. It's a mating habits or whatever other information you mm. you want. Now you get my interest. Yeah. So whatever you're into. Randy little bird. I definitely had the the feeling that this is the future, man. This oh yeah, is, this it is what's cl- coming. clearly is. 
Call me a Luddite, but I'm a little bit worried about how Google Glasses are going to affect my beer goggles. Good point. Number one, it's not Google Glasses. It's Google Glass. But now it's not even Google Glass. It's just glass. That's too... Douchey. (laughs) Well, that and just confusing. Well, right. Have you gotten glass yet? Uh, What do you think? I got leather in my windows or... Remember the first iteration, the people, they called people who wore them glay holes. Glass holes, right. yes, you yeah. can say it. Glass is a, not a forbidden word, and neither is hole. Right. <laughs> Certainly, uh, rude fishermen could be bass holes, I, I just for instance. <laughs> Somebody with no couth could be a crass hole. Oh, that's right. Indeed. That should be an insult. That's good. Thank you. What a crass hole. Um, on Kid Rock running for uh, the U.S. Senate. Uh, Al Franken's a senator, and he's taken very seriously, as he should be. I mean, he's a serious guy, and uh, he was, a, you know, a comedian. So what, what Kid Rock's actually like or would be like as a U.S. senator, I shouldn't judge. Yeah, I know. It's funny. We, we just want to ca- characterize people or categorize people, well, I should say. wait a second, though. Come on. Well, I haven't even finished. <laughs> Go ahead. What? You people, you think it's wrong that people were jumping to conclusions as a guy dances around on stage with a mijet. In a, in a wife beater and a backwards fedora. Talking about grabbing some crotch. <laughs> right. Well, perhaps, you know, there's some conclusions that could be drawn, but... Pe- people know, making think... assumptions about him is, is somewhat on him. <laughs> Not <laughs> just me. <laughs> all right. All right already. <laughs> you, you, I mean, you spend your whole life developing a persona. You are going to have to say, okay, that is that, that, is that act. Here, who I, who is, here, this is who I really am. Right. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that. I just saw. But the idea that somebody decides at age like eighteen, this is probably my best option for making a living. That that defines them completely. You know, I don't know. I'd like to hear what Mister Robert Ritchie has to say. I just saw Kid Rock and Salinas this past weekend. He did a great tribute to the military. Put on a great show. Yeah, he's super good on that stuff. And the American worker. I mean, he's got a very Mike Rowe esque attitude about working people because those are his people we got and he's running against debbie stabenai who who says well i'm gonna do what i do best working for the people of michigan god what a lame response um he's gonna beat her like a disobedient backup dancer <laughs> uh geez um, and we got this text. I'm looking for the TV show in a few years, Governing with the Stars. That is that is where we are for some mm-hmm. Anywho. Oh, well, nobody the- has any patience for complex ideas and plans. So you can't just trot those out and win an election. You got to be somebody. That um, idiocracy. It would seem to be nice woman who did nothing wrong who got shot dead by the police in Minneapolis. There is an update on that story. Marshall will have it as news. Bottom of the hour. Yeah, yeah, that's horrible. It's just unthinkable. Plus, uh, well, yeah, I've got some analysis from from some uh, cops and thinkers who study these high-stress situations that you might find intriguing. So, listen, there are a number of differences between the Armstrong and Getty program and other uh, shows uh, that may or may not be of a similar political bent. Whatever our bent is, we're bent in a number of different directions. Um, but they make their living pandering to you, um, and, and we don't. And here's a really good example for it. We've gotten emails, uh, quite a few emails recently. Up, oh, this website's about to crash. Well, that's fun. Um, we've gotten a number of emails and texts and the rest of it uh, screaming at us, guys, stop talking about the 
that was a, a ABC WAPO poll or something about Trump's approval rating. Um, s- stop talking about that. Why don't you report that there was a 12% oversampling of Democrats? And the Sean Hannity's of the world are hammering this hard. Rush Limbaugh was talking about it. These guys know better. They are pandering to you. When you have oversampling in a poll, it's corrected for. There are a number of reasons you do that intentionally. For instance, maybe you're uh, you're polling people in a state with 13% Hispanic population. That means if you're polling 600 people, 78 of them precisely would be Hispanic. But if you only pull 78% of people, the margin of error is extremely high. And so, in fact, in that example, it's over 10%. And you can't break that down. You can't draw any conclusions from a sample that small at all. And so you you oversample Hispanics. You'd poll 300 of them. So then you have statistically useful uh, conclusions. But then you would shrink mathematically their effect on the overall poll as if you only polled 78 of them. Do you know what I'm saying? Do I know what you're saying? Do you know what I'm I saying? I absolutely know what you're saying. I've, I I got wore out by this by Carl Rove five years ago right. when he claimed for an entire year, no, Mitt Romney's going to win. You see how they're undersampling? All right. Yeah, and, and actually this Republican pollster who, uh, who wrote this piece is telling, when pollsters hear this stuff, we roll our eyes because it is not what it sounds like. In fact, it's, so you end up oversampling Democrats. But then you multiply each Democrat by 0.8 or whatever to get you back to their real significance as individuals. Besides, a 12% oversampling does not mean what you think it means. Besides, if you look at a, a few polls, you'll see Trump is around 40, high 30s, 40 in right. a number of polls. Right. So ABC <clears throat> is the lowest out there, but Bloomberg has him at 41, I think, currently. He actually had has Hillary at 39, which is amazing. Right. Hillary is at 39 with Trump at 41. She has gotten less popular since the election. Yes. Which is amazing. Appropriately, Usually it goes the other way. We get this kind of foggy, like George Bush's approval ratings are up. You know, that that usually happens sure. over time. Uh, Hillary's getting less popular. The, the well, numbers... she's going around blaming everybody but herself and making it infinitely clear to those who missed it over the prior 30 years that she's not a good person. On election day, 8% of her voters didn't have a favorable opinion of her. So that was a... Wow, so they held their nose and voted for her. Yeah, that's I hate Trump so much, I'm going to vote for Hillary anyway. 8% felt that way. It's now 20% of her voters, people who voted for her... Two and a half times as many. Yeah. Since November. That is amazing. But anyway, the ultimate point being... Lock her up! Lock her up! What? They've got... Bloomberg has Trump at 41. ABC had him at 37. That's not that wide a discrepancy. He's around the high 30s, 40. Right. He just is. Right. You don't like that? Well, I don't know what to do. But yeah, it's that's been just... kind of rough sledding. He gets terrible coverage in the media. And so, yeah, he's not a terribly popular president at this point. That, that, that shouldn't threaten you. You shouldn't be upset by that. There's still so much time. So much time. He's not getting effing impeached. Speaking of which, the New York Times the other day, we we should have been hammering them for bringing up the idea of treason because of the Don Jr. meeting. That's uh, ridiculous. It's laughable. Actually, Alan Dershowitz, 
who's a Hillary supporter, has been banging this drum really loud. They did nothing illegal at all. It's almost certainly under the purview of the First Amendment getting together with somebody. It's the same as a journalist. If if somebody, some Ruski says to a guy from the New York Times, hey, we've got some really crazy stuff about Hillary, the journalist is going to make that call. I'm not saying it's good or ethical or the sort of thing our political leaders ought to do, but the idea that it's within a stinking mile of treason is is hilarious. They didn't do anything illegal that we're aware of. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about based on the I'm, what's known. I'm much more open to the idea that they did after Don Jr.'s lies last week. Well, yeah, but oh, all right, all right. Well, they might have consorted with space aliens, too, or conducted bizarre experiments no, on No, puppies. no, no, that's not fair. That, that's, that's not fair. Him, you don't him, know. Him lying last week about that makes it clear that they're willing to hide stuff. And I didn't believe that before. I didn't think before they were trying to hide anything. Mm-hmm. I now know they will they hide something. They knew they'd crossed the line and were trying to hide it. Yeah. In terms of, of uh, dancing with the Russians. Yeah. Well, my only point is it, it they, the New York Times is absurdly oh, say bent on pandering to their crowd yeah, that well, they bring up treason. Well, uh, Kane brought that up last week. He's the, Tim Kane's an yeah. ass. <laughs> he brought that up. So, uh, yeah, treason, impeachment, all that stuff is just dumb. Besides, it would be such a stupid political move. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, uh, it's such a stupid... If I'm a Democrat, the last thing I want is for Trump to get booted out of office and Mike Pence become a pretty popular president well, and get reelected. And the 40% of America that approves of Trump's performance right now would never vote Democrat for the rest of their breathing days. So with all due respect to Maxine Waters, wait a minute, how much respect is due to Maxine Waters? None. That's how much. <laughs> With all due respect, nobody's getting impeached anytime soon. Well, you, it's just I, ridiculous. Why would you want to if I know, you're a Democrat? Abs- it'd be suicidal. Um, <laughs> but, but jabbering about it cranks up your contributions. That's true. From the hardcore. That's true. Which, that's what it's all about. I'm going to throw this in here so we don't have to talk about politics again the next time. I heard a strategist say last night, and this is the first time I've heard somebody point this out. Yesterday, my theme, you got to run this theme through any conversation about anything. Nobody thought Donald Trump was going to win. You have to always factor that in. That's why Republicans were so comfortable going up on front of a crowd and saying, I will repeal and replace. I will repeal every word of Obamacare on day one. Because they never thought there was a chance in hell they would actually have to deal with the situation. Right. That's why it was. It was even more cynical than I thought. So it's not floundering in the, how did you guys talk about this for so long and not have a plan? We didn't think we needed a plan. Right. Because <laughs> Hillary's going to be president. So we would just continue to, you know, pass these r- repeal legislations knowing she would go to veto them. Right. We didn't have to get our act together. We didn't think Donald Trump was going to win. Well, not only that, but you think we didn't know that Rand Paul and Susan Collins could never agree? We knew it. It just didn't matter. It's like vowing what you're going to do when you're an astronaut. You can vow anything you want. I'm going to conquer the moon. I'm going to paint the entire thing kind of an off-white. You vow anything you want. I like a Rand. I'm going to eat a thousand moon rocks. I like Rand Paul's current thing. So all all of you Republicans who voted to repeal Obamacare and now won't re- vote to be now when it matters, right? You voted for it when you knew it didn't matter. You won't vote it now. I want you all to go back to your states and explain to people why it was a good idea then and not a good idea now. Love Rand Paul. Yeah. Well, at least he's calling out their cynicism. Well, yeah. Yeah. 
Plus, I love his plan, but he won't get any attention. His hair's a little ridiculous. It really is. He needs to tighten up his lattice. He really, <laughs> really does. What's coming up in your news, Marshal Phillips? Well, we do have that update on the police shooting of an Australian woman in Minneapolis. One officer is talking. And one of President Trump's leading critics is telling everybody to calm down about that Trump-Putin G20 meeting. And there is big money in avocado toast. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Avocado yeah, toast. I'm glad you're doing that Trump-Putin story. God, it's so overblown. But cable news is desperate. Like a teenage boy is desperate for having his you-know-what touched. The, 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 the cable news is desperate for your eyes and ears. So they trump everything up, no pun intended. God, your metaphors are so distracting. It's a gift. <laughs> is this the star of Game of Thrones, Ed Sheeran? Have you heard the backlash? Yeah. He, like, quit Twitter oh, because... All, he he deleted his account. Yeah. Like, all the, like, the account with 15-something million followers or whatever. Wow. Yeah, just deleted it. People said he ruined Game of Thrones' his cameo. <laughs> I'm not concerned. I think Ed Sheeran's going to be just fine. <laughs> That's hilarious. But, Ed, stop getting your feelings hurt by strangers on the internet. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, stay with us. You're listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show. As the theme continues on the text line, would you call someone with too much disposable wealth uh, an amasshole? <laughs> oh, 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 well played. Uh, do I see Chipotle has more uh, something going on with their food and their stock has dropped? Yeah, a bunch of people got sick again, I think, in Virginia. Yeah. Wow, what is yeah. it with the, the good folks at Chipotle? Having trouble getting on... Uh, well, I, they got lawyers. I what, is be it? what is it this time? Norovirus. Norovirus oh, yeah. in no. their food? Oh, yeah. boy, you don't no, want that. Do, now, tell know, me this. How do you nail that down? And not and no, It's just not somebody who was in the store. A bunch of people... Got sick, right? Like the same day, and said to Chipotle, "Hey, we ate at your place, and now I I can't get off the John." Um, and a bunch of people right. called, um, and so it was pretty clearly food born. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a question for you, though: as uh, students of the media, which we are, is a similar sized problem and a similar problem happening to? And I'm not going to name the restaurants because the rumor would start, but. Restaurant A, that would be a very familiar name. Could be. One outlet in Ohio had a problem. Restaurant B, same thing happened in Seattle. But now that Chipotle's kind of on the list and getting the attention. Right, it's like if, if somebody robs a, a, a has a bad experience with a taxi driver, it does make the news. Right. If it's an Uber driver, it's a huge story. Of course, yeah, I wonder. Uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the officer who shot and killed an Australian woman on Saturday night is not talking to investigators. Minneapolis Mayor Betsy Hodges on Officer Mohammed Noor's silence. I wish that he would make a statement is what I want to say. We can't compel him by law, but I wish that he would make that statement. Meanwhile, Noor's partner... If, I, w- I was thinking about this earlier yeah. today, and um, I think... Police departments around the country need to rethink how to deal with these things. They're currently dealing with them in a strictly either legal sense or investigatory sense. They need to start thinking about it in a public relations sense just because it's damaging the trust between people and the police. Uh, At a practical level, I think you're uh, you're right. Good point. and, and, And that needs to be rethought. 
yes, it's a bad idea. Any lawyer would say, keep your mouth shut until the investigation's done. But that's not good for the relationship between people in the police department. And if there's a good explanation, you've got to get that out there so people don't think... Police are going around gunning people down. They have itchy trigger fingers. Although, dude did make an apology. Not an apology, but expressed his grief. His and... condolences to the family. Yeah. 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 Meanwhile, Nora's partner, though, is talking. Matthew Harrity said they were startled by a loud noise just as Justine Damon approached their squad car. This after she had called 911 to report what she thought was a sexual assault going on in an alley by her home. Now, Harrity, who was driving the cruiser, said after the noise, Officer Noor fired his weapon across Harrity and through the open window of the squad car, hitting Damon in the stomach. Wow, God. so loud bang, figure comes out of the darkness, he guns guns are down. I oof. mean, oof. You know, I want to talk about this greater length at some point, because when you do this sort of thing quickly, you make everybody mad. We have listeners who believe cops on the beat ought to be treated exactly like anybody else who who shoots somebody, for instance. We have uh, people at the other end of the spectrum who believe uh, uh, no cop should ever be questioned for what they do because they're heroes. Uh, I would suggest that uh, neither end really has a uh, uh, a monopoly on wisdom. Uh, taking a look at, uh, well, got a great email from, from a guy we'll tell you about in a couple of minutes. And all the studies that have been done, the books written on high-stress situations and how they cause humans to act in ways they normally don't. And uh, you really you have to give a little allowance for that. But more on that to come. Marshall, have you mentioned race in the story yet? Yeah, for anybody who hasn't heard it, what are the races yeah, let's here? Let's mention right. race because it's always about race, Marshall. What's the race? Well, he is a Somali-American, the officer who did the shooting. And she, of course, is a yeah, white Australian woman. Pretty. So. Very attractive. So, pretty black is not man a race, gunned Vincent. down a white woman. Pretty is not a race. Well, I'm just saying, if, if the cop was a white dude, we wouldn't hear, we wouldn't be hearing about this. You don't think? What? Doubt it. If a cop was a white dude what? shooting a white woman, correct? No, I think we'd be hearing about it. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be. That would be uh, level two. If level she were, one would be. She, he's white. She's black. Then it's the then it's a giant national well, then crisis. We would hear marches, about it again. <laughs> oh, then it's marches in the street, right? right. German Chancellor Angela Merkel's spokesman says the point of a dinner at the Group of 20 summit was to facilitate informal contacts. And the German leader yeah, said... to eat lots of schnitzel. And the German leader says she wasn't surprised or confused by anything that happened. Okay, that's, okay. All, right. All, right. Yeah. all right, that's all I need to hear yeah. from this now. Right! That's the, that's the end of the story, right? Yeah. Right, that's we the had a giant dinner where we all hobnobbed. Yep. Trump hobnobbed with Putin, his boy, too. That is the dinner table events. That's the end of the story. Merkel says, I-, I was there. I saw it. I didn't think anything of it. Right. Okay, move on. Yep. That, nothing to see here. Supposed to facilitate those kind of discussions. And if anybody cared, it'd be old lady Merkel. Yeah, she has more. Yes. She's the example Ian Bremmer keeps using of. Doesn't have that relationship with Merkel. Does with Trump. What's going on? She right. thinks it's no big deal. Yeah, perhaps she, <laughs> she should put down this strudel. <laughs> but a, little, a little softing, yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> One last note. Avocado toast. One of the trendy food items that's just not going away. And it turns out Americans are spending a nice chunk of change on it each month. The tech company that helps businesses process credit card payments looked at all the data from around the country and found Americans are spending $900,000 a month on avocado <laughs> toast. Okay. 900000 a There's month. There's like 350 million people in the country. 
That's fine. But that's so what nice. is that? Toast with avocado on it? Is <laughs> yes. that what that is? And, and He's normally figured yeah. it out. A couple, <laughs> couple other and yeah, no kidding. <laughs> this is what it was like to work with Einstein in the thirties, John. That's funny. Yeah, it's got it. By Joe, he's got it. A couple two tree ingredients. Uh, avocado, most prominent among them. <laughs> he's figured it out. Avocado toast runs almost seven bucks. Oh, yeah, the place I went, the healthy yep. place was uh, it was right. six bucks, and the uh, bread was gluten free. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. Very important. Super. At your news, I'm Marshall Orders Phillips. Up. <laughs> I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Yeah, uh, us at the Toasted Crust, our artisan toast stand, uh, kiosk more so than a store. Right. We've been thriving off the avocado toast boom. Gotcha. It's a pop-up shop. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're starting to look at franchising. It's uh, It's been really good. We have more of the puns on uh, Hey Hole coming our way oh, from the text line. And a little insight on the pressures of police work. Do you have any time for that amidst your little jokes? Me standing here in children's gymnasium shoes. <laughs> Stay tuned. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So people back in the day who wore Google glasses were called glass holes. Hmm. Unfortunate. And then uh, why all the savagery? I don't know who went next. Um, some I may have. someone who's uncouth is a <laughs> crass hole, right? If you constantly a talk, rude fisherman's a bass hole, right? If you constantly talk back to your elders, you're a sass hole, right? And if you're a cranky stoner, you're a grass hole. Oh my! So there you go. If you're a cranky stoner, I think you're doing it right. I, <laughs> no kidding. I hope that each and every one of you are very proud of yourselves. You know, I've been corresponding <laughs> with my uh, my buddy Rich from the Dead Flowers. Um, who sent me the beautiful shot of the dead lizard posed with a cigar in its mouth, leaning against a golf tee. Uh, and uh, and Rich is from the Detroit area and is very enthusiastic about the idea of Kid Rock running and is threatening to move back to Michigan to vote for him. And then he, he makes a, a couple of body jokes I will not re- repeat. But then his closing exclamation is, vote rock. How good a slogan is that? That's pretty good. Kid freaking Rock's going to win. I mean, unless he's caught, like, you know, with a human head in the trunk of his, his stretch, uh, the Cadillac, he's going to win. But remember, The Rock is thinking about running for something. Oh, that could cause confusion. So he could actually go with Vote The Rock. and Don't rock the vote. Vote The Rock. Ro- wow. Which is a pretty good slogan. Clever. I say they run together. <laughs> the Rock and Rock ticket. <laughs> Pair of rocks. Couple of rocks. Also, quick comment, as long as my friends are texting me, the Trump and Putin get together. Come on, guys, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Well, I don't, Pretty solid. I'm not talking about it anymore. Now that Merkel has said, I was in the room, it was nothing. Okay, that's all I need to know. She hates Trump and Putin. She's got every reason, if there was one, to right. say something nasty about it and said it was nothing. <clears throat> the Germans have no time for foolishness. I'll grant them that. So you're going to give us a police yeah, perspective? Yeah, I wasn't sure of... if we were ready to move on yet. We don't have to, we barely have time to scratch scratch the surface, but we got a uh, very note from Al, a very good note rather from Al Anonymous, who has not only uh, worked as um, a cop, but he's investigated officers, internal affairs. He's dealt with cops. Uh, 
who are involved in incidents as homicides, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, I mean, he, he points out a lot of different things, um, uh, including the fact that generally you don't flip on your camera until you think you've arrived and have started to work at a call. And so the fact that these guys had just pulled up, they hadn't turned on their body cameras because as far as they concerned, they're concerned, they weren't doing anything yet. Um, so that's, you know, that's unfortunate, obviously, and maybe police have to take a look at those procedures. Yeah. But then he that's points... That's a very viable uh, explanation, though. Yeah. High-stress situations cause humans to sometimes act in ways they might not normally act. If you want to read an amazing study of this, check out either On Combat or On Killing by retired Army Lieutenant Dave Grossman. Repeated exposures to stressful events tend to inoculate a person to some of the negative reactions. Unless they previously served in combat, most new officers, even at large or high-crime agencies, won't have enough repetition of these incidents to proper, properly buffer them for many years. Officers at smaller low-crime agencies may rarely or, or even never, thankfully, experience one of these events, but it takes a lot of times dealing with it till you can deal with it uh, with any level of calmness or even keelishness. So is he saying, um, if, for instance, you're a combat veteran, a loud noise and someone running at you wouldn't have really gotten you all worked up. Right, presumably, you know, unless you have PTSD or something like that. If you're used to those scenarios unfolding, you can deal with them a lot better than somebody who's brand new to it. That's not that shocking a No, I don't doubt that. I would like to read those uh, studies. And and they're not political. They're not to defend a specific cop in a specific case or because they don't like the guy in Ferguson. It's about how people tend to behave. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. 